0: good morning welcome to day number 19 of walking with Jesus through the word one chapter per day we are in Matthew chapter 5 today I'm pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church let's go to the Lord in prayer Heavenly Father we thank you for the great wisdom of your son our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ we thank you that in him all truth and righteousness is embodied and that from him we can learn and hear the words of eternal life. We pray that you would speak to us as we listen to the words of Jesus this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are in Matthew chapter 5 today, and yesterday when we were in Genesis 12, I mentioned to you how Jesus expanded the land covenant promise that was made to Abram. Well, we're going to look at Matthew 5 today, which is where Jesus did that. So here is the word of God, Matthew chapter 5. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, unless heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. Let him give her a certificate of divorce but I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery again you have heard that it was said to those of old you shall not swear falsely but shall perform to the Lord what you have done what you have sworn but I say to you do not take an oath at all either by heaven for it is the throne of God or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward do you have do not even tax collectors do the same and if you greet only your brothers what more are you doing than others do not even gentiles do the same you therefore must be perfect As your Heavenly Father is perfect. Hmm. Matthew chapter 5 you know going through the Bible one chapter at a time sometimes the chapters are easy to just give a brief overview of and then you get into Matthew 5 where every word these are the words of Jesus this is the Sermon on the Mount this is the greatest sermon ever preached in the history of the world this is so full of truth and power of course, all of God's word is, but these you know—these great chapters that are just so full, it's hard to uh, even get a handle on them in such a brief time. But look at that last verse. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's the summary of what Jesus is teaching in this chapter. He is giving us the standard that God sets for true righteousness. And that standard is the very character of God himself. God is perfectly righteous in all of his ways. And he calls his people who bear his image and who bear his name to be perfectly righteous in all our ways. Boy, if you struggle with self-righteousness, if you struggle with thinking, I'm doing pretty well, really, I'm a decent enough guy, I better than most people in the world, Matthew chapter 5 should cure you of that or there's something very, very wrong with you. Matthew chapter 5 leaves no room for self-righteousness. It eviscerates us in our moral do-goodism and lays us bare before the eyes of a holy God with a standard that is right. Of course it's right and good and true and appropriate. Of course we should be living this way. We should not be lusting we should not be hating we should not be seeking retaliation and revenge we should be seeking to do good to all do we no we don't and yet that's not an excuse to just set aside matthew 5 as some sort of unattainable ideal because it does reflect the very heart of god the very character of god and so it is to be taken seriously it is to lead us to repentance And it is to lead us to seek the grace of God by the Holy Spirit for deeper and truer obedience today than we had last week. So we begin with the Beatitudes. You may have noticed that when I read this, I pronounced the word as blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. And I think that that is the right way to read that word rather than blessed. There are two words in Greek. That are translated really the same way—that is, blessed or blessed—but we do pronounce those two words differently, and in English, there's a different uh, there's a different connotation by what we mean when we say blessed and blessed. Someone is blessed if they are well off because God has shown them favor; they're greatly blessed. It is something that we receive from God—blessing. Someone is blessed or something is blessed if they are particularly sacred or holy or worthy of respect. And this more or less reflects the meaning of the two Greek words that lie behind this word. The word here is a word that means basically happy, well-off, having a good life, blessed by God. And then there's another word that says to be well-spoken of, to be highly praised, like blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Um, and so I like to maintain that distinction when I can by pronouncing the words as blessed and blessed. So it's not blessed. It's not that these people are extra holy or extra worthy of praise. It's that they're blessed. They're blessed by God. The poor in spirit. Those who mourn. The meek. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What do these people have in common? It is to be in a state where you realize that you do not have what you need spiritually. You are poor in spirit. That means you're a beggar spiritually. You, you mourn in sadness over your sin and over your own lack of righteousness. You are meek. You treat others with a gentleness that comes from a humility from seeing how far you fall short of the standard. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. You hunger and thirst for something that you don't have yourself. And so you hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then those who who have this disposition of seeing themselves as beggars, as seeing the mourning over their sin, with humility seeing themselves as falling short of God's standards, so treating others with gentleness, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, they will treat others mercifully. They will forgive because they know how much they've been forgiven. They will have an undivided... Focus on seeking the Lord. That's what really pure in heart means. It means this undivided focus of seeking the Lord because we need what he alone can give us. And if we do, we shall seek God. We shall see God. Uh, we will be makers of peace and not war because wars are usually made when we feel like our rights have been trampled on and we you know, we create conflict out of pride. Uh, and so peacemakers are those who are humble. And if we act this way, Jesus tells us that the world is going to persecute us. That's what the last beatitude tells us. If you conduct yourself in a way that really reflects Christ, because Christ is the one who fulfills all of these beatitudes perfectly, um, in terms of mercy and meekness and purity of heart and being a peacemaker, he was persecuted, and we can expect to be persecuted too. But the more we belong to Christ, the more we are like Christ, the more we are following Christ. We are persecuted by the world, but we are in fact the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are that which makes a difference in the world by preserving that which is good, by creating a thirst in others for what God alone can give, by shining the light of truth and righteousness into a dark and decaying world. Now, we don't do this by setting aside God's moral standards. We don't do this by saying, Oh, that's Old Testament. We're not going to follow that anymore. We don't need the Ten Commandments, etc. Jesus is focused here on the moral law of God, on the Ten Commandments in particular. That's the ones that he unfolds and expands for us. And he says these things reflect the heart of God. They reflect the very moral character of God. And you're not going to be effective salt and light you're not going to be the blessed ones who are persecuted unless you take seriously what god says in his moral law not just with outward compliance which is what the scribes and pharisees were so good at they were so good at a calculating outward compliance that said how much do i have to do to be accepted by god what's what's the requirement how can i how can i you know, dot every I and cross every T. That's not the approach here. The approach here is from the heart. Jesus internalizes and spiritualizes the moral law of God and says, From the heart, love your neighbor. Don't hate them. From the heart, be faithful to your wife, not faithless. From the heart, be loyal and, and stick to your wife and keep your marriage covenant. From the heart, keep your word. From the heart, do not seek revenge, but seek to love. And as we do so, we reflect the heart of God from the heart. Can we do this on our own? Absolutely not. Matthew 5 is not a checklist of things to try to accomplish every day. It is a call to repentance and a call to trust in Christ And a call to cry out to the Holy Spirit to help us to walk in this way because this is the way we should be walking let's pray father you are so good and so right and so perfect in all of your ways and we are so sinful have mercy on us forgive us again by the blood of Jesus our Savior and help us to walk with Jesus in greater humility and in greater love by your grace And for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll be back in the story of Abram tomorrow. Day 20 takes us back to Genesis 13. Have a blessed day in the Lord.